Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back, everyone. It's the HBO Boys. It's our it's our flagship show, the Westworld Recap and Review Podcast. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 6, entitled Fidelity. It's a much-loved word in this show. And I'm James, and that's Ryan. I'm Ryan. And, you know, you know what the difference between Westworld Season 4 and Batgirl is, James? Westworld Season 4 is still on. Yeah, we're still watching it. (laughs) We're allowed to watch it. Westworld Season 4 wasn't shot down by a new regime for tax reasons, taking $90 million and uh, months and months of people's lives and flushing them down the drain and then letting them know it is being flushed down said drain on the day of their wedding. So. All right. Well, I, I think we should have a talk about HBO and their their umbrella company Warner Brothers and and some of the news with those companies uh, after the recap today. It might be fun. Yeah, for sure. I'm just saying that I'm devastated personally. Westworld. I'm not actually devastated. I don't care if Batgirl comes out or not or not. For me, like entertainment wise for me i just feel so bad for those people they were like oh god this day the day of my wedding gonna be the best day of my life what that movie 90 million dollars tax reasons anyway last episode uh ryan and i called back to something from our season three recap which is the pattern of good episode bad episode in westworld sure. and i actually thought episode six broke the combo and was okay pretty good actually and it was a Caleb episode. <laughs> it was a Caleb episode, which is why it's weird that it was good. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. I liked this episode a bunch. It was obviously the Emmy bait episode for Aaron Paul, right? It's the one that they're going to try to get him an award for. And he did a wonderful job, although... I will say, and I think I've said this in the past, it's episodes like this where you're playing, and by you I mean Aaron Paul, playing an unhinged robot version of himself, many versions of himself, that I think are the easier things to do, right? Like to to act big is easier than to make subtle moments not feel weird. Although I do think the worst 15 seconds of this show ever were in this episode as well. And I'll let you know when we get there. Yeah, I'm interested to find out. So I would say this episode started out not so strong. We have a cold open and I I was laughing the entire time because it really just like they're doing the Matrix. Like (laughs) uh, we get somewhat of a flashback to when C was a little girl right after the rope, right after Judgment Day. And, uh, they're part of the resistance. They save a guy named Jay. And seriously, without going into too much detail, they just, they do the first Matrix. It's the Matrix, but set in season three of Westworld, starring Caleb's daughter, C, and there's no virtual reality element. Unless, of course, the whole show is a simulation, and then there would be. I am I refuse on the whole show as a simulation. If that's the truth, and they purgatory lost me, I'll lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> but... What this beginning scene, I, I, all the things you just said, I agree with all those things. It's just the Matrix, less Hugo weaving, worse. So this first scene, all it really told me was Caleb's wife, Yuwade, I believe is how you say her name, is 
the leader of this resistance, at least at the beginning. That much is made clear. Where is she in the future? <laughs> I don't know. C really misses her dad, Caleb, and it's so sad. And she pretends to talk to him on the radio. Maybe he'll pick up on their frequency they always used when they were playing around. And he'll get back to her someday. Very sad. I mean, at this point in the show, again, week start, my my elderly dad was dunking on the show pretty well. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> you had to pause it because the dunks were so choice. Yeah, but in the future, she's the leader of the Resistance. And... They take the girl that they saved from Robo William last episode and bring her to Zion. And they're like, this is the real world now. Along with a broken down version of Maeve, the large zoomed out shots of the New York skyline or the Golden Age world with, by the way, in the top left of that skyline, you can see the outline of like a Roman world about to be built. A little Easter egg. Uh, told right, to me if you've seen I, the original i would never have known that unless i watched the uh the after if by watched i mean i forgot to shut it off and i was like well this right. is i guess happening justice for medieval world though which hasn't gotten any love for sure my point is the amount of money spent on those zoomed out cgi filled panoramas of fake and or real cities are absolutely beautiful and perhaps makes the entire fourth season worth it that's right Caleb's daughter C and Bernard, they want to repair Maeve. They take her to the ruins of Noir World, which I have to regretfully inform everyone is called Temperance Park, which is a terrible name. Sure. I mean, there are like five names I've heard so far. I did recall they said the word temperance. I let that just melt out of my brain like butter down a drain. But what I would also say is we named it or at least we were saying the golden or noir golden age the golden age that was said at some point noir world perry mason extravaganza i think is what we decided to go with anyhow uh the entire episode bernard is still doing the three-eyed raven minority report precog shit (laughs) they do brain surgery on mave and then on another host and for a second i was like where are they going are they gonna put Maeve's brain ball in the other host and thus write Tandy Newton out of the show. That's what I was worried about. Ooh, yeah, that would have been sick. But they did not do that. They did (laughs) a a bit of a file transfer. Uh, Bernie shows Frankie that the mirrors in the parks were used to speed up data collection that was in the hats in the original Westworld, which is like, it felt very like, we need to right away that this can happen faster and i was like you don't have to explain to the audience that it right. needs to happen at a certain speed just do it and be like they also That's like how they time happened. skipped over all this so they they, we, they don't need to fill in anything we just can assume what happened yeah it just feels like it was written because they were like let's make bernie point out that all humans are vain assholes who look in mirrors and that's what gets you killed idiots right I, all the guests to noir world got the future world treatment of having their brains downloaded and being turned into robots, and that's how the world ended, probably. Yeah, the TikTok algorithm is how this world specifically is going to end, probably. And it's awesome. I'm going to be entertained all the way to the grave. So Hale has created a robot clone of Caleb a la Mr. Delos from Season 2 with the fidelity test. I mean, we already knew that, but now we're seeing it like on day-to-day what it's what it's like. She goes in every day to question one of the Calebs 
to be like, what is the secret of being an outlier? Where oh. do would outliers be hiding? And and it's just like Caleb is like, I don't know, man. I don't have that information. Yeah, no, that part oh. was stupid. When <laughs> Hale was like, "What makes you such a super sweet edge lord that my wants and needs aren't your problem?" And Caleb was like, "I don't know. I'm just so. Ch- I'm just anyway." Oh, yeah, I wrote here. Caleb is finally interesting. Sure. Uh, there's a bunch of him. They're trapped in an endless cycle of like being born and then breaking down and dying over a matter of days. Bummer. And this is like very Rick and Morty kind yeah. of shit. I like Caleb as Morty. Caleb <laughs> yeah. is Maeve's Morty. Me too. That's true. As a sidekick, the place where we all agreed that he was best parsed out and then put into that tiny little sidekick box. I also, I was thinking most of this time after Hale left, of course, because that conversation about why edgelords can't be bought by the man, uh, that was not interesting. Actually, it was weird. All the words were weird. But when Sheen left and he started looking around at all the other Caleb's, some more scratched up like Crispy Chicken Charlotte Hale is than others, I was only thinking like, oh, there's a lot of green screen here, but there's also a lot of reflective surfaces that I assume... I don't know how many times a camera operator was told to be like, Jerry, you're in the shot again. Fucking Jerry. They showed, speaking of the making of, they showed this whole set in the making of, and it's all green screen. Like nothing of that was real. That room. Awesome. Love that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It looked really cool. That's fine. Zombie Caleb gives uh, regular Caleb, Caleb C147. Sure. Uh, some kind of clue. And this is very confusing to me. He pricks his finger on the hourglass and faints and passes out? Yes. He was told that he needs time from the other Caleb. That makes him go and break the uh, timekeeper dust thing opened, whatever that's called. I'm sure it has a name I should know. I just said hourglass. Right. And then I I don't... If this isn't clear by now, uh, six years of doing this, I don't listen while you talk. He's waiting for his next chance to speak. He's just, and now. Yeah, that's my whole life. And he, yes, he then pricks himself. And yeah, he passes out conveniently. Then there's this, so the, he's unstuck in time like Billy Pilgrim. He's imagining himself being rescued at the hospital from when Maeve saved him. And he met his wife and he's at the same time he's escaping from the fidelity test. And there's a very 1970s James Bond-like fire death trap coming down on him extremely slowly. Yeah, it should, like, in a va- suck out all the air and then, oh wait, no, you can't have a flame that way. God, the writers strike again with all their brilliant ideas. So he unfastens the screw on the floor. They're all the other Calebs, like in the black phone, all the Calebs who have died previously are helping him escape. Yeah, the black, you and I saw that. I didn't put that together, but I should have. Yes, all old Calebs that are definitely dead are step by step because each one got one more step than the last, putting together a way for him to escape. To escape Ethan Hawke. Right. While I'm sure he's being watched on a camera. Like, how does he not think, like, I guess he's desperate and dying. He has a ticking clock, an hourglass, perhaps, on his life. But for him to be like, no, this time I'm going to get him. They're for sure not watching me now. Stubbs and the other rebels make it to Noir World with the outlier that they saved from the Matrix. And there they get mad because 
somebody in here is a mole leaking information to them. And so Frankie C assumes that it's Bernard and shoots him. And Bernard just takes the hit and is like, Oh, fuck. They did it. They shot me. So they know. Caleb, still escaping from the fidelity test, kills one of the white drone robots in a very boring fight scene. Yeah. All I really took from that scene was the white drone robot's face was very squishy, especially when you stabbed it. I wanted it to be less squishy and weird. I just wrote down here, this is part of the fidelity test, all of this. They're allowing him to do this. Frankie C. interrogates the three-eyed Bernie. Nice. And using his precog powers, he tells her, like, the real mole is in your crew. I've seen all the possible futures. It's it's always either your beloved girlfriend or your surrogate older brother. Or one other red shirt you don't have to worry about. At which point, Frankie's like, yeah, whatever, walks outside, and then her girlfriend starts saying the most suspicious shit of all time. Right. Her captain and older brother, Jay, and her girlfriend are both being suspicious as fuck, and the the girlfriend gets locked up. Oh, wait, can I do this? Suspicious. Wait, no. Is that what you said? What was it used to say? Oh, fuck. It was not the word suspicious. It was, um... We're not we're not going on until I get it. <laughs> it was um wasn't suspicious. No. It wasn't suspicious. That would it feels weird off the tongue. Can't be suspicious. Fuck. What is it? Right into the show if you know the thing Ryan used to say in in season 1 of the of Westworld. I'm going to get it. By the end of the show <laughs> I will get it. Know that I'm not paying attention even more so than I wasn't before. For the rest of the show. Cave continues to escape a, what is apparently a literal maze, which, again, suspicious as fuck, right? Suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. He even sacrifices himself to save himself from a deadly fall. That was cool. I liked... It was a bit of a yes. jump scare in that moment. He was like, use me as a buffer so that you don't murder yourself when you fall. I got to this point last time, looked down and was like... He's going to need me as a meat shield for sure. And again, I wrote here like, and thus Caleb is redeemed as a character. Like the Morty Caleb shit is good. It's conceptual. Like, and he's dying and maybe off the show after this. So it's like, fuck man, what a great way to hopefully say goodbye to Caleb and on a high note. I don't think we're that lucky if I'm being honest. (laughs) We get an interesting scene where it's revealed that Frankie C is mad at Maeve because she blames her for Caleb's death. And I'm going to say, yes, that was Maeve's fault. She was team leader and it was her plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she was like, I'm going to blow myself up and not be helpful after that. After a weird fight, I for sure could have won. I could have won every fight I've ever been in. I just somehow I'm like trying 20% every time. But yeah, no, Caleb decided to go with her. He knew the consequences. I guess so, but she could have just as easily left him there because I don't see how his presence really was necessary throughout. Like, if you look at the chain of events from them going to California to them getting blown up and and him being killed, like, what did Caleb do that added to the team, I guess? He said a lot of quippy things while having very greasy hair. (laughs) You're right, and he wore a tuxedo. And he got 
well, he saw his daughter's face open up and flies came out of it. That was lit. C also reveals that she, to this day, continues to send out these hopeless radio messages on the old channel that her and Caleb used to use. And by now, everyone watching the show understands that that's about to pay off. Right. Also, the robots aren't listening to that channel. No? That's not happening? That would be channel number one. Right. Yeah, they skip over that one. They go straight to two. It is around this time where there's a flashback to young C, Frankie perhaps, tripping over something, hitting her knee, and then Caleb running over and being like, you got to get up. And she's basically like, no, my knee is dead forever. And so I am dead. And he's like, no, you got to get up. You know why? Because you're, you're a fighter and you can never give up. And she was like, that's a good point. I'm going to take that with me into this next scene. And it's the worst acting I've ever seen from two human beings that have ever lived. Uh, like uh, student films did a better job than these 15 seconds. It hurt me. I had to pause and like collect myself. I was like, this is such a decent episode. I was about to say good, decent episode. And it's Caleb centric. You're doing such a good job. And then you fucked it. I wrote down here. The show will probably never be good again, but if it's going to be bad no matter what, at least be like high concept and weird like this episode. (laughs) Yeah, because if you keep taking big swings, at least we'll be distracted from how shitty the tiny swings are. It turns out older brother Jay is the mole. Bummer, man. We saw him get saved at the beginning of this episode, and then by the end, we found out that he was switched out for a robot while they were in New York Robot City, and C put her girlfriend in a closet for no reason. Meanwhile, Caleb escapes to the roof, and he radios C Frankie, and he apologizes to her for vanishing, and he tells her that the world is actually the Matrix, and that she is a better character than he is, and that she should replace him in the show. Right, it's sort of a motivational speech, one she didn't need, but also one that will make her think that her dad's alive when he's not. So that'll be confusing, I bet. Yeah, another thing, (laughs) in a normal story, she would be in like a moment of peril or desperation or despair, and then Caleb's message would come on the radio, and that would give her the courage to fight back and win, right? In this show... She's at like a stalemate with Jay host, Jay fly brain guy. And, and the radio message comes in and distracts her and puts her into further danger. It only happens for five <laughs> seconds until Jay shoots the radio. So she doesn't even hear the end of it. Yeah. I don't know if they were going for an emotional beat right there. I would say they found it when he, when he's first recording the message But then her hearing it uh, was not, no, did not resonate. Maybe they were thinking like, let's make it realistic. Or, or, I mean, as realistic as a weird future robot show can be. You know, she's not going to just be sitting around Matthew McConaughey on a rocket ship waiting for Jessica Chastain's message, right? Like, it's just going to happen at the worst time for her. And then a robot's going to shoot a radio, that old bag. Anyway, she's psyched that he's alive, but now Jay's about to get the upper hand and shoot her. 
But she's saved again by Maeve. Deja vu. Do you remember when this happened in episode one yeah. of season four? Yeah, Duex Machina Deja Vu Maeve back at it again. Yeah, thank you, Maeve, for letting him shoot the radio instead of stepping in then. Yeah, really. Learn something important. It's good stuff, yeah. It real really skipped over a heavily emotional moment. Thanks. Hale confronts Robo Caleb. And she's like, tell me your secret. Why, why are the outliers making my host go crazy? And Caleb says, it's because your world sucks ass and no one wants to live in it and everyone hates you. And so she breaks his neck. And I, I if this is the end of Caleb, just like all of the robots breaking down and getting incinerated or having their nets broken and he's out of the show. Amazing ending. Good job. What that do you mean? Like, it de- oh, I, I'm just thinking now. It can't be that. There's literally a new no. Caleb at the end, number two seventy nine. Right. So I guess we're not. That's not the end of Caleb. But it would have been a great ending. Yeah. Right. I mean, listen. She lights all the other ones she was keeping alive for whatever reason on fire, and then there's a new one. So she puts herself through the same thing again, just creating a robot that over and over tells her she's a fucking loser, and uh, then. Tries to escape and you kill on a roof. Congratulations. Maeve and Frankie decide that they want to go and save all the Caleb's. Again, like they're going to save the Mortys from Evil Rick. And Frankie now has to put her trust into three robots to save the world from the robots. And then an emo version of the main theme plays over the credits. Ramen Jwadi, you've done it again. Maybe the best episode of the season for me so far, just because it was so out there. And again, like, I was so astounded to be, like, watching a K-Love episode and, and enjoying it. I still think I preferred 405. Okay. But, I, again, I, I really enjoyed this episode. The season is trending up, which is a thing I mm-hmm. thought I'd never say. Yeah, I, again, I agree. The, it was worse at the beginning. Uh, it, it, I, probably episode three was the lowest point, and then it's just been going up from there. Bravo. Jonah and Lisa, bravo. Too bad no one's going to see it. No one at all is seeing this. More than Batgirl, which is zero, but still like 200,000 people a week, which is not nearly enough. Okay, so here's something back from the early days of the show. Let's do a reading series on the death of Batgirl. Oh, okay. No, you had other plans? No, I like that. I'm still trying to think what I used to whisper, and it's really, really bothering me. I swear to God, it's suspicious. <laughs> no, I, I feel like it's not suspicious, but I don't know enough to tell you that you're wrong. This comes from Variety. It's called Why Warner Brothers Killed Batgirl Inside the Decision to Not Release the DC Movie. If you guys haven't heard... Uh, they basically made an entire Batgirl movie, and then at the very last minute, we're like, eh, no, canceled. Yeah. Burn the film. No, thank you. We're okay. And my initial reaction was, oh, that was a thing I wasn't going to watch in the first place. But that's sad for those people who made it. It's cr- it's crazy. Like It was going to be an HBO Max direct to HBO Max, and they wouldn't just finish it? Yeah, I guess... They well read the thing because my initial feeling was like was it was so bad that they watched it and were like no can't do it but it doesn't seem like that was the actual reason the death of Batgirl on Tuesday sent immediate shockwaves through Hollywood the film 
with a $75 million budget that grew to $90 million, had finished shooting months ago and was in test screenings as directors Adil Ed Arby and Bilal Falal, who made Bad Boys for Life and Miss Marvel, by the way. Nice. We're working on the post-production process. I did not know the same guys behind Bad Boys for Life made Miss Marvel. That's very interesting because they're very different. But I do like Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, those two stepping stones, everybody knows. You go straight from Bad Boys for Life to Miss Marvel. That's To Batgirl. Right, exactly. I mean, a tale is all that time. In other words, the film was nearly finished and was already building awareness among fans. So why would Warner Brothers slash Discovery slash HBO throw all that away? And according to sources with knowledge of the situation, the most likely reason is taxes. Oh. Which, what? Riveting. So interesting and exciting. Like, I also assumed, like, oh, the test audiences must have said it was so shit that they're like, we can't, there's just no point. Save the money. No, and the actual reason is so boring. A regime change. Release the Batgirl cut, right? Yeah, release the theatrical cut. <laughs> so stupid. Right. So Ryan just explained it. Several sources note that Batgirl was made under a different regime at Warner Brothers that was signally focused on building its streaming service HBO Max. So I guess th- this, like, they used to have a-, a priority on HBO Max content, and now that strategy is over, which is great news for us paid subscribers. What's their new strategy? Is it to use mirrors and hats? To take us over slowly but surely with flies? Because that would be on the nose. Well, the new strategy is to stop releasing things so soon or immediately on HBO Max because it makes the directors like Christopher Nolan very angry when you do that. Uh, And they only want it to be in movie theaters and they don't want it to be on streaming until a year later. And they definitely don't want it coming out only on streaming. And so he is pointing the company away from HBO Max movie releases. Again, great for us HBO Max fans. Right, uh, no. And making sure more things go to the movie theater. No, fuck that. Fuck that so hard. I loved getting things on HBO Max sooner. If COVID taught us anything, it's that we all don't want to leave our houses. We want to sit here, and by we, I mean me, and just watch the thing when I'm ready to watch the thing. Put Lightyear on the Disney Plus because all of Asia hate it faster so I can watch it because I wasn't going to go watch it in the theaters. Why would I Why would I do that? I was busy watching Top Gun for the fifth time. I don't know what my point is here. I just want to say, I just want to say, I did not watch The Last Duel in theaters, but I did watch it on HBO Max and loved it. So maybe since that movie totally bombed in movie theaters, save yourself the humiliation and the $50 million on marketing and just release The Last Duel straight to HBO Max. I watched The Last Duel in theaters and I really enjoyed it. Ridley Scott, baby. It's very good. That's what he was doing while Raised by Wolves sucked. Everybody's so mad about Raised by Wolves. And by everybody, I mean like the five people who are watching it not coming back and being canceled. (laughs) The article concludes, Batgirl finds itself on the bad end of that decision, apparently neither big enough to feel worthy of a major theatrical release, nor small enough to make economic sense in increasingly cutthroat streaming landscape. Hard disagree. There is nothing too small to be released directly on HBO Max because... Jack shit is is released directly on HBO. Yeah. How is it cutthroat? You own HBO Max. Just right. upload it. The new Game of Thrones is about to come out. The stock's going to be really fine from now on. Well, maybe. We'll that's see. if House of the Dragon is good. 
You don't know if it's going to be. I think it's going to be good. Thank God it has Westworld leading it in. Westworld's season finale, which eight people are watching total. (laughs) The best lead in to Game (laughs) of Thrones, House of the Dragon premiere it could have asked for. So, yeah, pretty ridiculous that they've, you know, well, here you want to hear my conspiracy theory? Absolutely, I do. Because Chad thinks I'm a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Well, sometimes I also think you're a paranoid conspiracy theorist, (laughs) but I want to hear it nonetheless. It's entertaining. This is all just a a facade so that they can build up a Twitter campaign for Save Batgirl and it'll do them all the viral marketing they need. And eventually... Oh, we no, there was such an outcry of support. We decided to release it after all, just like the Snyder Cut. They're going to do it again. They're just this. This is Snyder Cut 2.0. Do you think the directors know that in this conspiracy theory or they're keeping it from them too? like plausible deniability? I assume they're all in on it together and they're like, well, if we can just get Save Bad Girl trending, then we'll see what happens there. It's not great then, though, because there isn't an incredible amount of outrage it's more just like, oh, that sucks. Anyway. Right. And they, well, they almost released, not even in theaters, but, you know, they almost produced the first major motion picture, like, you know, extended universe superhero movie, right? Because we did have uh, uh, Catwoman a few years ago, but like with a, a woman of color leading the the, the, the cast and they, they canceled it. They're like, no, that's the one we can just cancel. Not a good look, I don't think, Warner Brothers. No, not a great look. I don't know the actress's name. I know she played Nina in in The Heights. Leslie Grace. Would this have happened if the lead was a straight white male? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, Safe Batgirl is trending, by the way. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, color me incorrect. Yeah, I'm signal boosting one of the <laughs> the Safe Batgirl tweets now. I don't actually, I do want to see it. I, I still want them to release the air cut. Anyway, great things happening over at HBO Max, guys. Get excited. They're, they're canceling a lot of great content. Yeah, it does seem like something that we've called the worst streaming service for a long period of time is... I mean, Christopher Nolan called it that like week one. Right. <laughs> it's like they got into a room and they were like, okay, they all say it's pretty bad. How do we make it worse? I'm also seeing uh, HBO Max quietly removed six Warner Brothers streaming exclusive films. That's uh, trending as well. Cool. Maybe they'll sell them to Netflix. Yeah. And this is also close to the date where all eight original Harry Potter films will be exiting HBO Max at the end of August on their way to Peacock, I believe. But Warner Brothers made the movies. Yeah, uh, well, I know they had them, I suppose, licensed, uh, and now they're going back to wherever the hell. But they are adding all 28 films from A24, including Room and Ex Machina, so that's good, I guess. Oh, by the way, speaking of A24, I I don't even know if this is an A24 picture, but I saw Nope, and it was very good. Everyone should go out to see it. I have not seen Nope yet. I have heard like there's nobody in the middle. It's only people saying it's awful and the worst thing they've ever seen. And it's very good and I should go see it. I will say I, I, I went to the Madison Arts Cinema and I dragged my mother to the movie because nobody wanted to see it. Your mother? And she she hated it and slept through most of it. And the parts that she watched, she did not like. <laughs> oh, is that an indication to you, though, that like when your mother hates something and sleeps through it, that you'll probably like it? Well, uh, yeah. If you're a 65 year old lady uh, from Long Island, you might not like. Nope. 
Yeah, very specific. Anecdotal evidence, I guess. Anyhow, we'll be back next week with the next amazing episode of Westworld. This time I did see the preview. It looks like it's going to be about Christina. Whoa, I didn't see the preview this time. We We switched it on up. That's fun. I still don't know the thing that I whispered for an entire year of my life. And it is eating at me. I'll remember it on Tuesday and have Yeah, a Ryan is not allowed again. to listen to the back catalog to try to find out. That's but exactly you know what answer, I'm going to do. You can post it in the chat before he figures it out. I would love that. Please save me from this. And I'm Jay. And I'm Ryan. And that's the West <laughs> Yeah, I World fucking did it. I fucking knew you were going to do that fucking joke. And I came in and I swooped you, dude. Sabotage.